0: going forward
1: and if that doesn't happen are we heading for a currency crisis maybe simultaneous currency crisis in several countries at once
0: well i think that you know a reversion of uh, the interest rate differential or a narrowing of this differential is inevitable um there, there are talks of recession risk at the global level um led by the u.s and this will this will by itself uh, lead to a narrowing in this uh, uh, yen-dollar interest rate differential that we observe at the moment, um, and basically tilt um, flows back towards uh, Japan.
1: Okay, John. Thank you very much. That's John Byrne, Vice Chair of Research at the Asian Development Bank Institute. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. In the markets, uh, stocks are rebounding in the Asia-Pacific region. The ASX 200 now up half a percent. Markets are closed in Japan uh, today. The Cosby in South Korea is now flat. And futures on the Hang Seng have turned around, pointing to a gain now of about 40 points when trading gets going. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. Please join me then. Back chat's coming up after the news with Jim Gould and Mike Rouse. Uh, the weather forecast for today... Mainly cloudy, one or two showers. Sunny intervals during the day, maximum temperature around 32 degrees and then windy with a few showers tomorrow. Uh, there is a strong monsoon signal in force. It's 29 degrees,
2: 70% relative humidity.
1: Times 8.31, here's Andrew Sharosky
2: with the half-hour news. Thanks, Peter. The Bolong Cook has reported a member of staff to the police over alleged child abuse. The charitable organization also said it had suspended the employee from work after it found she'd pushed six young children down onto a playmat. More details from Todd Harding.
1: The Social Welfare Department has confirmed it uncovered the alleged abuse when officials visited the childcare centre in question on September the sixteenth and reviewed footage from a surveillance camera. The department said an initial investigation showed six children were involved. It added that in light of the incidents, it had sent experts to review more records at the centre, question its staff and examine the health and mental conditions of all of the children. Neither the department nor the Poland Cook has said which child care centre the alleged
2: abuse took place at. Health officials have reported 4,034 new COVID cases, including 188 imported ones. More than 2,000 patients are being treated in public hospitals, 15 of them in intensive care. 12 more patients with COVID have died. The United States has warned Russia that it will impose further economic sanctions if Moscow annexes more territory in Ukraine. Yesterday saw the fourth day of voting in discredited referendums that Russia has been staging in occupied regions of Ukraine. The White House spokeswoman Karine Jean-Pierre condemned the ballots.
0: When it comes to the sham referendum, the sham votes that we're seeing in the last couple days, we will continue to work with our allies and partners to hold uh, Russia accountable. We are prepared to impose additional swift and severe economic costs on Russia, uh, along with our allies and partners, in response to these actions that we're seeing currently, uh, if they move forward uh, with annexation.
2: In his nightly video address, Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky described the military situation in the eastern Donetsk region as particularly severe. Britain's central bank has said it won't hesitate to take action to control inflation after the pound sterling slumped to an all-time low against the U.S. dollar. The government's new economic policies announced last last week have sparked fears about Britain's financial stability. The BBC's Faisal Islam reports. The Treasury and the Bank of England moved to try to
1: reassure some sceptical markets about the stability of Britain's debts and its currency. The Chancellor promised a plan to get debt down alongside long-awaited independent forecasts and the Bank of England indicated it was prepared to raise interest rates aggressively. But sterling remained significantly weaker than before the government's announcement of £45 billion of tax cuts without clearly communicating its plans for the surge in borrowing to fund them.
2: And a human rights group says at least 76 people have now been killed during a wave of unrest in Iran that's lasted 10 days. Iran human rights said the deaths had been spread across 14 provinces and accused the Iranian security forces of firing directly at protesters. You're listening to the news on RTHK.
3: Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Jim Gould and your co-host today, a guest presenter, is Mike Rouse. Good morning again, Mike. Yes, good morning, Jim. Ada Wong can't be with us today, so Mike is in the studio here once again. And on today's Back Chat, we're talking about beauty pageants and what they mean in the modern era. This year's uh, Miss Hong Kong contest, uh, which concluded on Sunday, became a big talking point uh, after a member of the Independent Police Complaints Council and former senior government official questioned the appropriateness of the outfits worn by contestants and why they had to answer questions while wearing swimsuits. The criticism led to a wider discussion on whether the display of contestants' bodies was appropriate. After 9.15, we'll look into how the pandemic has affected children's quality of sleep. You can let us know what you think and join the discussion. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on two double three double 266 And uh, joining us uh, now on the line, we have uh, Salome Gouard, uh, production editor for social media and head of the Lunar Project of the South China Morning Post. Uh, good morning to you.
4: Hi, good morning,
3: how are you today? Uh, fine, thank you, and uh, thanks very much uh, for joining us on the program. So, the uh, Luna Project uh, looks at uh, gender equality, focuses on that issue uh, across the uh, the region. What do you think of the uh, controversy surrounding this year's uh, Miss Hong Kong pageant? Oh, well, I understood that the
4: main criticism was about contestants answering some questions in bikini, as right? you just actually mm-hmm. talked about it. Um, and well uh, I personally agree uh, I personally agree with the fact that we do not necessarily need to answer these questions in a bikini um, it's definitely made with the purpose of sexualizing the contestants um, but saying that it contributes you know, to to rise of violence in the city as I read on social media and like when I read on articles might be a little too extreme like after all, first like this woman in bikinis... Uh, like, we see women in bikinis all the time at the beach, and I don't think it increases any kind of violence. And the woman in a bikini is even inherently violent to anybody, so it's more about the sexualization that we make of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we also need to be clear with some things, like these women in bikinis, like in these beauty pageants, they don't have anything to do with this violence, but it's rather the contest and the system that is uh, linked to it, that is violent for both uh, of the audience and to the contestants in, itself,
3: in oh, itself. Okay, okay. I should just say at this point that we did, of course, invite TVB, the organizer of the Miss Hong Kong pageant, uh, onto the program. But uh, okay. uh, TVB uh, it has uh, talked about taking legal action over the comments uh, uh, by, okay. uh, by the member of the uh, police watchdog by um, Helen Yu. So uh, just, uh, we just got a short statement from the broadcaster said, uh, saying, please note that uh, TVB has already reserved the right to pursue legal action and, and, and we don't have any further response at this stage. Uh, fair enough, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, how about um, the, you know the whole business of, of beauty pageants, uh, you know, young women uh, appearing on stage on TV, uh, you know, you know, very scantily clad. I mean, is 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 that appropriate in your view? Do you think, or is or does this sort of a, uh, you know, belong in the past? Um, you know, I
4: think there is. There's nothing wrong in celebrating beauty in general, but I think we definitely need to question what kind of beauty uh, we are celebrating and the impact that it will have on an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, from what we we see in general in beauty pageants and in Miss Hong Kong this year, everybody is very similar looking. I would say it's like a lot so it's like Chinese descendants mostly, very light skin, it's skinny. Everybody has like a very similar haircut and they all enter like the same criteria in terms of like age and marital status and like family status Mm. in general. So I think under the current form of it, we're celebrating only one kind of beauty. And I think that's the real risk here. Like we're promoting this unique kind of beauty and it can be very harmful to both the youth and like the contestants. Is it,
5: it, sorry, is it the fact that uh, they were answering questions while wearing a bikini or having a bikini section of the contest as well. Is, did you find both uh, difficult or out of date? Or was it the particularly the section where they were answering questions? Well,
4: I think, like, traditionally speaking, like, any beauty pageant has, um, like, a bikini section. Well, uh, well swimsuit, I, yes. Yeah, swimming suit, yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, and so... Like in general, like I wouldn't think necessarily this is a bad thing if different kind of bodies were celebrated uh, throughout this thing. But obviously, obviously, like answering question in a bikini is also like potentially undermining like the intellectual like skills of people there. So, like this woman can be like very clever and taken seriously with like a more serious outfit. They don't necessarily need two or swimming suits at the same time. Like they can be recognized for like other skills in there. Right. Um, yeah.
5: But why do you think so many? young ladies are ready to take part in these competitions. They know the rules, don't they? They know the format. Mm-hmm. No one, no one's forcing them to go yeah, into okay. the contest.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, I mean, you know, it's not because... It's, I mean, I'm definitely sure that, like, a lot of women can get empowered um, in this kind of environment. Um, you know, it's still, like, it's still a competition. It's still... Um, beauty is still something that is extremely valued today in our world, um, and and this can be like extremely empowering. But it's just like this form of empowerment is unfortunately excluding a lot of other women, and this is more the part that I'm like focusing on. Mm-hmm. I think.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, the uh, the. Pageant is organized uh, uh, under the heading of Beauty and Wisdom in Equal Measure. I mean, um, th- 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 w- a lot of the contestants are very well educated, aren't they? And uh, and have um, you know high, you know high, you know pretty high-powered jobs. I mean, uh, I mean, the uh, the the first runner-up yesterday uh, is an analyst at an investment bank. Uh, oh, sorry, on Sunday. I mean, and uh, and uh, the 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 second runner-up is like a, a specialist uh, programmer recruitment. So, so um, what do you think are the attractions for uh, you know for? women already in, with good careers to enter a beauty contest like this?
4: Well, I mean, I would say that, I mean, Miss Hong Kong is an incredible platform at the end of the day if you want to make either, like, some changes or, or have, like, influence on, like, anything you want to change around you, right? Like, you have, like, more following, you have, like, brand helping you, partnership, like, if you want to make a good impact around you, this is definitely an amazing platform to do so. And then it's also an experience, right? Like, Who wouldn't want to... I mean, I'm sure, like, a lot of people just, like, would like to be described as, like, the most beautiful person in Hong Kong and also, like, as you said, like, in terms of whiteness. Um, And, I mean, I would also like to say that, in general, I'm sure that a lot of, like, women, especially, so this one, are also very happy to break down with, like, what use... How can I explain that exactly?
3: Um, It's... it's, You know,
4: it's always, like... uh, she, oh, she's clever, but she's not pretty. You know, it's always, like, put in opposition, mm. and I'm sure that it can be, like, extremely empowering to, like, prove that, like, both can yes. be, like, mm. put together at the same time. Yes, okay. yes,
3: yes. And, and, and it yeah. is a, it's also a, a route into show business as well, isn't it? If that's what, uh, you know, if that's what people are interested in. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, for sure,
5: for sure. How You're in the print media, uh, Salome. Um, yes. How do you handle this kind of topic, in the context of the print media, I mean, advertisements or in feature stories?
4: Um, I think we definitely have, like, uh, I'm, I'm not directly in charge of that, so I can try to, like, enter you the best I can on that. Um, but I think in general, like, we will be careful about, like, what kind of pictures we will put, obviously. Um, the goal is not to, like, specialize anybody here. Um, and I think... What I can tell you more potentially is about, like, um, comments that we get on social media about this kind of articles, whether, like, on a website or, yeah, on different social media. And these comments are (laughs) – can be extremely harmful. Um, And I think – I mean, we can't censor anybody in itself, but we need to be careful about how these comments can impact both – the person like the people that are concerned um in this uh, by these comments but also like the people that are gonna read it because mm-hmm. i mean I think we all know it's like social media is something that is like extremely can be extremely violent on like both mental and physical health
3: mm-hmm. uh, and how do you handle those comments what's your what's your policy there
4: oh well, uh, as long as it's like ha- i mean when hateful comments are arriving I mean when it's like really hateful we have to deal with them like, this is just... We, we need to think about, like, a more, more, like, global audience and, like, to also protect them from, like, comments that are just, like, unfounded and um, and harmful, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, we don't tolerate hate. Mm-hmm.
5: I was intrigued by the point raised by Jim earlier, which you commented on, that maybe, historically, we're thinking of uh, young ladies without much brain grey matter uh, taking this as a route to be, become successful. Okay. But what we're seeing now are people with uh, high-powered professional careers um, exactly. who've obviously uh, impressed employers with their skills, their intellect, and their business acumen, and they're prepared to turn out in bikinis still. Why, yeah. why, why, do, you think, why do you think that is? is? it They want to show that I am beautiful, but I'm also clever
4: yeah I mean, like when you're like i mean it's been like I mean for decades and like even like centuries, like as you you're highlighting like these two criteria have been like o- like in opposition, it's like you can't be both at the same and you can't be the full package right right and it's um it can be extremely empowering. Uh, empowering sorry to um to just like proving it's wrong and also like. It can also be, like, to some extent about just, like, celebrating, like, celebrating being okay with, like, with your body, with your body in general. Right. You Mm. know? It's about, like, hey, like, I can do, like, yeah, I can, I I can be comfortable, like, running this meeting and, like, the next day, like, just, like, going in a beach and, like, feeling fine about myself. This Hmm. is, this is definitely something that
5: can happen. How do you think they get on in the office the next day? Um... One day you were sort of in your bikini answering Eric's questions mm-hmm. on on air, and then the next minute you're in a business suit going back to the bank. Can they handle that bridge?
4: I mean, I think this woman can definitely handle it because they're doing it. The real problem potentially will be their environment. And mm. it's... Um, It can obviously be complicated when, like, their, I would say, like, bravery to, like, link these two, as you were saying, uh, are not followed by colleagues. And this is where we come back to, like, sexualization of bodies and, yeah.
5: So it's up to the colleagues in the office to be mature about this.
4: Yeah, exactly. And, like, Mm. to accept, like, the stance that they decided to take by, you know, taking on like this like
3: this competition okay. uh, just for anyone listeners who may not be aware uh, Mike's mention of uh, Eric that's uh, uh, Eric Jung who's a, a veteran actor and uh, these days is also a TVB's uh, general manager of uh, content operations uh, we're now joined uh, on the line also by uh, Lisa Lang, who's an uh, associate professor at Lingnan University's Department of Cultural Studies good morning to you Thanks for joining us. Uh, so what do you think? I mean, are, are, are beauty pageants still appropriate in 2022?
6: Well, I think uh, I don't, uh, this, uh, this genre of beauty pageants have been here, you know, in humanity for a long, long time. Mm. I don't think it's uh, a matter of, you know, the genre itself, but actually how you do it. I mean, there, could, there should be, you know, more than one way of de- dealing with it. And we're actually
5: looking at quite a uh, outdated way of, you know, handling uh, such a genre. Mm, right. I, mm. well, Helen's comments, I think, seem to be directed at the point, not that the, there was a, a swimsuit section with the girls in, in bikinis, which tends to be their choice these days, but um, also that the question and answer section, when testing their sort of brain power, that was also... Uh, in bikinis, and that didn't seem to be necessary.
6: Um, well, if, you, if we go back to Miss Yu's uh, comment, uh, well, you know, one good thing that comes out of it is that um, I don't think you know, you know uh, people would be so concerned about IPC's meeting, you know, not uh, without, if not for her her remark. Um, I guess you know what what Miss didn't do uh, was. Uh, that you know, she didn't spell out, you know, the connection between what she cl- says to be, you know, uh, thinly clad women appearing in beauty pageants and, you know, uh, the right in sex offense. So, but there, there's a lot that we can we can talk about it.
5: Do you, Do you think beauty pageants have evolved over the years?
6: I mean, you know, beauty patterns as a global genre um, has been there for a long time. And uh, if we update the, the discussion, uh, I mean, like, uh, well, like in America or elsewhere, we know uh, beauty patterns have, you know, gone in a lower profile. And uh, as I read some of the materials uh, actually in, you know, in, in America, as I know, some of the states, you know, do not actually have, you know, have, have already canceled doing our beauty pageants, because I guess, you know, well, times have moved on. In the sense that um, I think there's a lot more uh, awareness or sensitivity towards gender issues. And if you, you know, if you, you know, have uh, something like, you know, um, women appearing in swimsuits swimsuit as a kind of section that uh, actually goes to, uh, you know, being assessed with their bodily beauty in a certain kind of uh, way, and then if you have, um, like, male um, compares, sort of, you know, sort of, uh, yeah, looking up and down, sizing, you know, women's body up, you're bound to invite, you know, um, controversy. I mean, at this age, we're talking about 21st century. So I guess, you know, it's, um, I mean, this the, the way um, uh, such a beauty pattern is handled here in Hong Kong, uh, and that it invites uh, such, you know, sort of, he could comment, just goes to show that, you know, times have moved on. I mean, the audience has moved on.
5: Mm-hmm. Is there an equivalent for men? I don't, I, I don't remember seeing ever. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. I
6: mean, in the 80s. I mean, <laughs> we we, we, uh, we have seen, like, uh, Mr. Hong Kong. <laughs> right. Well, of course, that's, that, you know, another, as invites another sort of, you know, discussion where you also see, you know, um, uh, men's bodies shown in uh, more the kind of conventional way right men are supposed to be muscular six packs and then you know and 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 that's what we call you know modern sort of uh, sense of ideal male beauty mm-hmm. so um, I mean, with these with, with patterns that sort of uh, base the uh, body aesthetics or so the assessment of body aesthetics, mainly on, you know, such a kind of conventional conception of the body um, Is it's just just not to update? Um, I mean, I, I I don't think that you know these uh, sections are should not be there But then I think we are talking about a more diverse kind of, you know um, assessment if we are genuinely trying to seek out Um, uh, the the winner of, you know, a a, a beauty pageant, uh, which actually not only judges, you know, um, a person's uh, bodily beauty, a physical beauty, is also uh, a judge of, you know, an all-roundedness of uh, a a person, then I guess, you know, there's a lot we can do. And of course, you know, to talk about the fact that, you know, uh, well, then uh, should we talk about beauty pageants then? Or should we just say patterns? Okay. <laughs> um, I guess, you know, uh, um, we can actually, you know, invite more discussion about it. Like, what is beauty in the 21st century? What is being beautiful?
3: Okay, okay. Well, we'll, well, let's move on to that in a moment. Uh, I've got some emails here from listeners that i just quickly uh, like to read out. Um, okay. James says, uh, it does seem rather outdated and superficial to have these pageants, uh, often very well-educated women parading around in very little, showing off their body, not their brains. If only there were a Mr Hong Kong pageants in their swimwear. Uh, they seem to have stopped. Yeah, we were just uh, talking about that. Um, Leon says, uh, so I guess there's no chance of hosting a mis- International Queen pageant here. Um, Someone referring to themselves as gunpowder plod, says uh, it's probably a good thing that the venerable matriarch from the Independent Police Complaints Council never got to see any of the Hash House Harriers Mr. Wan Chai Pacific Contests uh, held, uh, last held uh, before 2012. Um, um, Vic says, uh, wondering if scantily clad women on stage trying to respond intelligently to mundane questions are crossing the red line. And, um, uh, and guy writes uh, uh, swimwear is uh sportist uh, contestants should instead be required to appear in sportswear of their choice. Uh-huh. right um how about that um uh, okay okay uh, uh Salome, Salome Grouard you're still with us yes, yes. yes
4: um
3: how about that point about well i mean there were male uh sort of uh, um, male um, parades uh, up until a few years ago, they've stopped now. I mean, is there something sort of, a some sort of re- residual sexism in, in having these uh, pageants only for women these days?
0: Um, yeah,
4: for sure. Like, I mean, the, I think we should also question why these pageant for men doesn't exist anymore. And it might be a question of audience. And then the following, like, the follow-up question would be why would people prefer to look at These women who are between, you know, like 17 and 27 that are, like, single and childless rather than men uh, with, like, six ads. And I think this is potentially where we can see, like, sexism.
5: Isn't this down really to uh, market demand? Who would, how many people would watch a male, a contest among males for their appearance and how many are willing to watch pretty girls in bikinis.
4: I mean, yeah, I, I would say like in general, like everybody is willing to watch uh, women in bikinis, like from men to women to children. It's either like you identify to them or you want to look like them or you potentially are attracted to them. So it's I mean, it's a I think it's I mean, it's a marketing choice, like having all these criteria well for Men, um, I, I don't, um, I don't, feel, I feel like the feeling is a bit different. Like the audience no. might look at it for different reasons, Because
5: a media will be my right. A media organization at yeah? once depends on advertisers, and I suppose it depends on which, which kind of pageant advertisers are prepared to sponsor and pay good money uh, to put their products on, on display. And the answer seems to be um, they, want, they want to see girls. Or well, young ladies.
0: Yeah.
6: Unfortunately. Could I I guess, you know, this is uh, going back to, you know, the earlier discussion that, I mean, of course the, the mainstream, we're talking about, you know, uh, yeah, the kind of target audience or the audience that are still left to watch a, 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 a what a terrestrial TV nowadays. <laughs> mm. um, this becomes like uh, the excuse even uh, um, for mainstream TV uh, TV stations to like, oh yes, we we catering for you know those audience, right? The so so called mass audience. Um, that oh yeah, we have to you know stick to their interests. So the thing is, uh, I'm, I'm I'm not even sure about that. You know, uh, they should you know sort of update themselves by doing a more uh, um, a focus group. You know, if they want to, you know, attract uh, the audience they have already lost in due process, what they actually see from these kind of beauty pageants, um, the, the idea that you know, oh, the mass audience, oh, they are you know, they, 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 they like watching something like this. It's almost like um, it's almost like an insult you know to the audience or to uh, uh, it's almost like an excuse for the audience who have already been lost they're like okay see you know look at that <laughs> I'm not even sure you know at the end of the day uh, you know the advertisers will like it would like this that you know apparently you know uh, such a easy pageant, you know, have already lost quite a lot of audio. Uh, although, of course, it managed to arouse, you know, public talk, like social talk. Mm. So I, I think you know, somebody has
3: to do some more homework here. Mm. Okay. Do we have- <laughs> okay. <laughs> OK, well, OK, we've got, we've got to t- uh, take a break uh, for the news uh, now. We'll be back at three minutes past. But uh, uh, Lisa Leung, uh, please stay with us. Um, uh, Salome Gruar, um, I believe you uh, have to leave us at nine o'clock. But thanks very much for uh, joining the programme this morning. Um, Let's have a look at the weather before we do uh, go to the news summary. So, uh, mainly cloudy with one or two showers. Sunny intervals during the day. Top temperature around 32 degrees. um, Moderate uh, to fresh east to northeasterly winds. uh, Strong offshore and on high ground. The outlook, uh, windy with a few showers tomorrow. Sunny periods and one or two showers in the following couple of days. Currently, it's uh, 29 degrees. The uh, relative humidity is at 68%. And the strong monsoon signal is in effect.
2: Patients are being treated in public hospitals, 15 of them in intensive care. 12 more patients with COVID have died. You're listening to the news on RTHK.
3: And welcome back to Backchat with Mike Rouse and me, Jim Gould. And uh, this morning we're talking about uh, beauty pageants and uh, their their relevance in the uh, 21st century. That was uh, after this year's uh, Miss Hong Kong Kong contest, which uh, that ended on Sunday. It became something of a talking point. Um, a member of the Independent Police Complaints Council and former senior government official questioned the appropriateness of the outfits that were worn um, during the pageant, uh, um, why contestants had to answer questions while wearing swimsuits. And this all then led to uh, a wider discussion about uh, the display, whether it's appropriate to, uh, for contestants' bodies to be uh, displayed on stage and on screen, um, we had a guest with us uh, before at nine o'clock, uh, Lisa Long, associate professor at Lingnan University's Department of Cultural Studies. Um, I think um, it, uh, you're back with us now, Lisa Long. Lisa Long, hello.
6: Um, can you? Hear me? Yes,
3: yes, we can, yes, we've got you. Yeah, great. Good, okay, good. Uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for uh, coming back onto uh, back chat. Now um, we were talking uh, before the break about. Uh, these pageants tending to um, kind of, if not promote, but but just kind of recognise a a certain type of beauty. I mean, uh, you know, the contestants are are all kind of, you know, kind of the same shape and of similar appearance. Um, What do you think about that? I mean, is that that going to sort of, you know, have an effect on the way that uh, other people sort of uh, look at themselves and regard themselves?
6: Um, I think this um, notion about you know um, mainstream TV, mainstream media reinforcing gender stereotype has mm-hmm. been on for quite some time. Yes. Um, I guess uh, uh, we can talk more about it. You know, um, I, I think gender images, you know, have you know admittedly you know evolved during you know the years, but then um, going back to beauty, beauty patterns, it's almost like you know you're going back <laughs> through time that, you know, beauty patterns have to be done in a certain way, Mm. like certain uh, segments have to be there, including, you know, swimsuits, where, you know, women are, of course, you know, justifiably, you know, (laughs) thinly clad uh, as a way to demonstrate, you know, the kind of bodily beauty. But then uh, by way of doing that, then uh, for the audience, it's almost like reinforcing the kind of stereotypical, conception that women's body have to appear in a certain way, like a, a certain kind of measurement, right? Um, and uh, which uh, uh, inadvertently um, sends off a message, you know, for the mainstream audience that, oh, you know, well, this is how our society judges our bu- our, our body. And, and admittedly, you know, uh, I mean, throughout time, you know, like still t- today, you know, uh, young women are still you know, sort of brought up thinking that, you know, they have to look like that or they have to look thin. So this obsession about, you know, having to be slim or, you know, to be thin is almost like uh uh is it's just unbreakable. Uh even though you know society has moved on, uh in and in popular culture uh we have seen uh, the rise of, of more diverse images I think, uh, especially in recent years, as we look at, you know, the counter-pop scene, uh, it's very vibrant. Uh, there's a lot of, you right. know, new uh, young singers, songwriters who, you know, come out and, uh, you know, sort of uh, 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 do their independent production. And along with that, you see uh, different, more different images of women, uh, like, uh, who come up with a message that, you know, yeah. Our body is ourselves, right? Uh, even you have got, you know, uh, more chubbier, like uh, uh, women, uh, female singer-songwriters coming out to say, uh, yeah, look at us, you know, we are beautiful, but we are not, like, what you know, uh, uh, the, the 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 you know the mass thing mm-hmm. or the uh, we're we're not judged. We're 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 we dare to be, you know, to be challenging, you know, this mainstream gender stereotype. So, I mean, the, uh, a lot of other realms of public culture have moved on.
5: But then, you know, coming back to uh, something like beauty pageants, it seems like, you know, they haven't. <laughs> it it sounds as though the... I'm just trying to put myself in the position of a media organisation here. I'm guided mm-hmm. a lot by, by viewing figures. Um, who, how many people are watching what I put on? Uh, because that I can sell that information to to commercially to companies and say right you're you're selling soap or you're selling shampoo or you're selling clothes, and this is the demographic that i've I can attract to this program
6: well uh, yeah i don't I don't, uh, I don't uh, debate that i mean as a as a media organization of course you know you want to go for you know more. Sort of popularized uh, um, images, right? Images that are bound to sell, right? But that also inadvertently we enforce a kind of, you know, yeah, we call stereotype again. That you know, this is like still the kind of ideal beauty. And uh, I mean, unfortunately, that's how the audience have also been conditioned to like, oh yes, you know, this is uh, this is you know uh, this is uh, this is what beauty is. Right uh, by the by, I mean like you talk, you're talking about a, a few decades or even more uh, uh, of uh, women in women uh, in popular culture appearing that way. I mean if we, if we look at Hollywood film for example, right in the 1950s we've got Elizabeth Taylor you know with the <laughs> the kind of voluptuous image and 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 then you know it's been on you know uh, um, uh, for a long time until, of course, you know the rise of you know uh, women's movement, uh, feminist groups coming out to boycott, and then you know uh, mainstream media. Okay, fine. You now we we have more images. We've got Coney Weaver. You know are doing the sort of muscular woman, uh, and then you know we've got more images. So I mean, yeah, I think uh, um, this has to be you know uh, uh, an interaction, mm-hmm. a dialogue between mainstream media and the audience. Right when 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 mainstream media is uh, comfortably sitting in you know their seat, like okay you know we we are aiming for mass audience, so you know we're we're feeding them with this, we're even more justified to do so you know um, because there are uh, other images coming in, um, and then you know the audience needs to be conditioned you know with that sort of images, uh, and this happens to Hong Kong, so unless until you know and 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 at the end of the day, we're talking about two-way communications here. So if, you know, the the awareness, gender awareness of my audience have already gone diversified, then, you know, the audience have to tell these mainstream media that this is not what we want. But and if we look at these images, you know, <coughs> it's bound to cause discomfort.
5: There's so, nothing, there's nothing know, to stop a fuller figure, young lady, mm. but for want of a better expression, entering the, this contest, is there?
6: Yeah, we can. Well, uh, it, well we can have different kinds of patterns here, yeah, right? But uh, yeah, we can, uh, uh, we can invite, you know, uh, more, you know, uh, um, women, contestants of different body sizes enter the contest. But so long as the assessment criteria still remains the same, then, you know, these women could be asking uh, for trouble themselves, right? So I guess, you know, we'll have to come from, you know, the, the organizers of these beauty patterns to say, hey, you know, we are... And to spread a you know stronger message that you know we are uh, going for uh, and we stand for you know the more diversified images of uh, women uh, to help us define you know what it means to be ideal beauty uh, mm-hmm. here now in the twenty first century in Hong Kong, right? Mm-hmm. And we need you know the organizers to actually spread a genuine message that we don't just judge you know uh, the contestants by their physical beauty or a one kind of you know bodily beauty but a more all-round sense of beauty how about inner beauty how about you know other kinds of beauty
5: is it, do you think there's a screening process at the front of this that sort of shorter people or tall very tall people or, or fat people um, I knew, I are screened out at the beginning or, or is it just yes. those those people tend not to enter
6: um, I, I guess it's, uh, again, it's a kind of conditioning, isn't it? Like, you know, if you say one thing and then you end up, you know, doing a, uh, uh, a, a, a more conventional kind of screening, then you're bound to condition the contestants, like, oh, yeah, okay, so again, you know, uh, they all look the same, I mean, in terms of, you know, the kind of figure, so why bother, right? Uh, and it, uh, and, and by the by, you know, it becomes a, 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 a formula. Uh, um, hard and fast formula, that this is what entertainment is about, right? At the end of the day, of course, you know, these media organizers uh, are just looking at these uh, um, um, programs as a kind of entertainment. So at the end of the day, you know, yeah, so these are the images that please the mainstream audience and so they think, right, without thinking uh, how would uh, other kinds of audience uh, or even the mainstream audience themselves, you know, would think, right? So... I guess you know there has to be more dialogue, and uh, in a way, you know, um, the kind of uh, outcry, the kind of controversy that comes up from uh, the, these comments actually is a, a healthy way to you know bring out this kind of dialogue. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And, and for the individual contestants, I mean, you, you could say that there are other benefits in entering uh, a contest like this. I mean, they have to they have to be able to uh, speak in public, speak on a stage, uh, appear on TV. I mean, they're, they're, presumably they're going to develop uh, like skills and, and confidence, perhaps, and, and uh, you know, it could be very good in that respect. I don't I don't
6: deny you know the many benefits that you know these pageants uh, could could bring. Uh, on, on the one hand, you know, this, this is, you know, or this has been for a long time, you know, a way, uh, a passport, you know, for, for women who might have less means to be able to escalate in, the, in terms of social ladder, in terms of economic ladder. Uh, I don't deny the fact that, you know, there, there's a genuine sort of training going on. I don't deny that, you know, women who enter these contexts feel more uh, complete in terms of the process they go through like, you know, meeting uh, different people, uh, expanding their social network, expanding their economic network. There's so many different things, you know, that the 50 Passion could do, uh, including scholarships and, you know, uh, yeah, opportunities for these women. But then, you know, it's just, you know, got to, you know, um, these organizers just got to a diverse kind of, you know, uh, the, the segments and the images. Uh, if they really mean that, you know, this, these these patterns are a, a yardstick, you know, uh, to define you know what uh, ideal beauty in this 21st century looked like. And on the other hand, they've got to diversify their idea about what's entertaining. Yes, there, it could be entertaining, but it also invites you know uh, discomfort and also invites uh, antagonism. It also invites uh, criticisms and outcry. So co- how do you balance?
5: Of course, in some past winners of I don't have to. Probably going to say this wrongly, but married well after winning the competition because they became well known and and, and multi-millionaires were attracted to them. So there are many opportunities, but uh, I
0: don't I don't yeah. think I don't think you have
5: a contest for, for unattractive people. I don't think anyone would watch it.
6: Well, yes, uh, there, there's bound to be this, this path, right? It's bound to be, but I'm, I'm just talking about the fact that, you know, there should be a more diverse ways than one, you know, and when you, when you are, you know, uh, setting yourself up as a deacon pattern that defines a place, uh, that you've got to invite and, and include, you know, uh, more diverse needs and wants and interests.
3: Okay, all right, well, uh, that's brought us to an end of this uh, segment of the program, but uh, uh, thank you very much for speaking to us uh, this morning. Uh, That was Lisa Lung, you were hearing, Associate Professor at Lingnan University's Department of Cultural Studies. And we're joined uh, now on the line by Dr. Patrick Ip, a clinical associate professor at the Department of Pediatrics and Adolescent Medicine at the University of Hong Kong's School of Clinical Medicine. Uh, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. And uh, Dr Ip has joined us to talk about uh, some uh, research that's been done on the uh, quality of uh, sleep of uh, children, which has been uh, affected. The researchers have been found by school closures. Uh, The team from uh, Hong Kong U looked at sleep patterns of uh, 759 primary school students and uh, more than 1100 secondary school students uh, between September 2019 and July 2021, so over quite a long period. And, um, and it found that um, a lot of students had been going to bed later and uh, waking up later, um, and school closures were having other effects. So, so, um, so thank you very much uh, for joining us uh, on the programme. Um, wh- how serious uh, was the effect uh, on children's sleep patterns? Yeah,
0: that's a wheel. Rather alarming because mm-hmm. we are blessed actually to start uh, the study before the, the COVID outbreak in Hong Kong, mm-hmm. uh, starting from twenty nineteen. So uh, by that time, actually we are able to uh, access to all those participating families, uh, asking the children to use a rather objective measurement using the actinograph, which is a bearable device to measure about their physical activity levels as well as their their pattern. Now, what we found is that Hong Kong children uh, covering the the primary and school age in the different districts uh, actually could only, uh, around 5% of them, reach the WHO requirement on the daily physical uh, activities. And we found uh, primary school students in Hong Kong uh, in general only spend around 30 minutes uh, having sufficient amount of moderate to an intensive physical exercise. But in secondary school, children uh, actually even worse. They only spend around 15 minutes every day on re- relevant activities. Now, what happened is that after having all those kind of poor physical activity levels, also their sleep patterns have been very unhealthy. Now, during the COVID outbreak, we found most of our children sleep much later than before. Mm-hmm. And also the quality of their sleep, including their sleep latency and the disruption during sleep, have been heavily being impaired.
3: Mm. Well, well, and why was that why were they sleeping uh, much later than usual
0: now you know during the school closure uh, because they are lacking of uh, exercise and physical activities during daytime and also that uh, most children have been engaged in more online activities so they uh, actually that normal uh, habit of having uh, going to sleep uh, for example Roughly around two hours after getting dark, uh, has been seriously disrupted. Most of them actually go to the bed uh, maybe as late as midnight or even uh, in the early morning, and they. Sleep until in early morning. Now, this kind of disruption in their lifestyle activity is actually uh, very unhealthy because when children are uh, during the phase of growth and development, actually they need a regular biological time clock in order to make sure a balance in their hormones in the body, including the melatonin and also the growth hormone. Now, with this kind of disturbance, <laughs> actually the sleep quality as well as the, the hormonal disturbance would affect the growth, development, and also the learning of the children.
5: This. Um one of your colleagues, uh, good morning, uh, Doctor. One of your colleagues, uh, Paul Yip, has also highlighted the substantial increase in suicides yeah. among young people. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons being that they're not socialising, which school facilitates, um, yeah. and they're not meeting each other. They're not developing the friendships and yeah. the kind of informal support uh, that helps to, helps them to grow uh, yeah. in in other respects so it's it, you're actually talking about another facet the same thing aren't you
2: now,
0: actually Paul worked with us closely in a different project now when we are focusing on the development of our children and our adolescents uh Lacking physical exercise and also with poor sleep disturbance actually are one of the components that can account for the mental health deterioration during the COVID outbreak. pro pronounced school closure, not having regular uh, socialization and uh, with close contact and building up relationships with peers and teachers actually are all those factors that are, are damaging the development of the mental well-being of our young generation. So lacking physical exercise and... Uh, inappropriate sleep hygiene with further aggregate the situation. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I think Paul would agree with uh, all those evidence that having a regular lifestyle uh, habit, in particular with a sufficient amounts of this is one of the ways to improve the mental well-being of our generation, even mm-hmm. after the COVID pandemic. Mm-hmm.
5: Go, the thing about school is you've got to wake up at a certain time in order to get there by a certain time.
0: <laughs> usually, usually our, our students need to wake up by seven o'clock or even uh, maybe a half, half past six. So for yes. the uh, primary school students, actually they require to sleep for at least 10 hours every day, and mm. then uh, for secondary students, uh, around nine hours. So you to calculate if the students actually sleep uh, after 11 or even midnight, they won't have sufficient sleep and
3: then the quality would be affected. Right. So, So w- w- would you say that uh, most uh, are not achieving those targets, uh, 10 hours for primary and, and nine for secondary?
0: Most of those students actually that does not have good quality of sleep. Now, even though they have sufficient duration, but then they are compensating sleeping much more in the daytime, which is unhealthy because our time clock actually has been set to sleep in the nighttime when the mm. hormonal balance and also the, the, the regaining of all those energy and the consolidation of learning experience in the daytime leads to the happen during the, the, the sleep time at, at the back in the nighttime.
5: Right. so sleeping from midnight to noon. Is is not healthy for them.
0: Of course, <laughs> that's that's something that should be adjusted uh, now uh, in the new era. Now, because now we are now uh, hopefully uh, going to the most stable phase of the COVID. and then the schools uh, will try their best not to close physically in the coming year. So uh, with the normal schedule, we are actually asking our parents and teachers to pay attention to our next generation to ensure that they have sufficient amount of uh, exercise and also have a, a good sleep hygiene. Now, what we found in the study is that uh, having sufficient amount of exercise, for example, additional amount of 15 minutes, one Thirty minutes of physical exercise to the moderate to the great every day would also help to improve the sleep quality.
5: Yes, mm. and the other thing about school, of course, is that some degree of physical exercise is programmed in. It's part of the part of the syllabus.
0: Yeah, you, you know <coughs> that when the schools are being closed, of course, children doesn't have uh, the. Uh, experience of having exercise together in a school. But now, even when the schools are reopened, most of the teachers, are, are, you sometimes even parents are over-focusing on the academic work, uh, are t- preparing for examinations, and then still actually uh wasting uh all the valuable time not to do any exercise not even the physical education class in school so we want to change the culture and then to build up our culture supporting more physical exercise among our children and you know one of the reasons why children love to do exercise is because of friendship and also building up right. relationship yeah. so uh, that's the direction to go
3: so if a poor sleep pattern uh, disrupts children's development. Uh, is, is that going to affect their physical and mental state when they reach adulthood?
0: Yes, well, mm. this is not being covered in this study, but actually, our other that study already show sleep deprivation and also the poor quality sleep would not just affect the attention uh, in learning, but also affecting the mental well-being. And as Paul just mentioned, there is already evidence that would be uh, disrupting their behavior as well as the risk of attending suicide. All right,
5: but I noticed mm. that the. The government, is if two children in a class get the virus, then the whole class is closed for a week or something. We don't do this for other, like the common cold, do we? When, if somebody, or flu, somebody gets a, a problem, that person stays home for a couple of days until they recover. We seem to be very willing to shut down the school or the, or the class of a school.
0: Now, when we are talking about shutting down the whole school, uh, I think that should be the one of the ways that the government needs to be seriously uh, not to do so in the coming years. Uh, because uh, when the COVID now is entering into a new stage and most of the children have been vaccinated, actually those children can still be safe attending uh, some physical classes, even though uh, uh, there's a little bit of risk. But then uh, if you are talking about uh, 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 preventing severe outbreak like the policy of having rapid antigen tests every day before going to school and also sometimes to shut down some classes when there's a severe outbreak. I think uh, as a a transitional measure, there's something that could help to uh, safeguard and protect the well-being of those young children particularly for those that are still unvaccinated. So I think the key to do is try to motivate our parents to vaccinate all the children as quickly as possible then everything would be safe.
3: Okay, well, thank you very much for uh, explaining uh, that to us and for joining uh, a back chat this morning. Uh, That that was um, Dr. Patrick Ip, uh, clinical associate professor at the Department of Paediatrics and Adolescent Medicine at the University of Hong Kong's School of Clinical Medicine. Uh, Thank you very much to you. And uh, for the last uh, uh, few minutes or so, of the program this morning, um, I have some more uh, emails and messages uh, from listeners on our main topic this morning. Um, earlier on, we were talking about uh, about beauty pageants and uh, including of course uh, this year 's uh, Miss Hong Kong. Pageant, which uh, uh, reached its conclusion on Sunday. Um, T. C. writes on our Facebook page, uh, but I thank uh, Helen Yu for providing a new topic for back to discuss. I find the endless discussion on dynamic zero COVID to be boring. Okay, thanks for that, uh, T. C. Just a reminder: uh, 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 Helen Yu was the uh, the member of the uh, Independent Police Complaints uh, Council who uh, raised uh, questions about the appropriateness of uh, of the outfits worn by the uh, contestants, and um, and so having to answer questions while uh, wearing swimsuits, and uh, so on. Um. Alonso writes, uh, if you want an example of an organisation that screens women's job suitability based on their looks, look no further than the Hong Kong Jockey Club. Next time there are races on TV, um, Wednesday and Sunday, look at the several blue-clad HKJC women who are involved in trophy presentations. They're all tall, slim, good-looking and have the same hairstyle. Thank you. That from Alonzo. Hugh writes, uh, Mike needs to understand media of the day. The demographics he's referring to are all over 50. Hong Kong has always been behind the curve or should it be behind the curves? Uh, Yes. Um, From Hugh. Mike, do you want to respond to that? Uh, Uh, It's it's just just that he's saying just older people like uh, watching TV.
5: Well, you know, I was born in the first half of the last century, so I can't Hide the fact that I'm from a certain generation. I wouldn't I wouldn't try to. Um yeah, when I turn on the TV actually I, I must admit I watch some of the Cantonese news um not understanding a word, but appreciating the presenter. Okay.
3: Uh Jerry Right. Uh, I wish these ardent feminists uh, would stop being such spoil sports. If young ladies want to participate in a beauty contest, why not let them do so? The natural form of beauty and femininity is something to embrace and admire. And to celebrate.
5: And celebrate.
3: OK, well, I think we... I hope we handled uh, this uh, issue. It's a sensitive issue, and uh, we've got two male presenters today, but we had some um, um, very uh, good guests uh, earlier on in uh, Salome Gruard and uh, Lisa Leung. Um So uh, I hope the uh, audience uh, appreciated the way we dealt with the topic. Uh, now then, we're going to uh, have um, a quick look at the weather before we go to the uh, news summary and um, and then uh, brunch, the brunch programme. Um, and I should say uh, thank you very much for uh, co-presenting the programme with me this morning, Mike. We had to tiptoe today, haven't mm-hmm. we? Mm-hmm. OK, and we'll see you next Monday. And now the weather, it's going to be mainly cloudy with one or two showers at sunny intervals. Uh, With a top temperature of around 32 degrees, moderate to fresh east to north-easterly winds. Uh, The outlook, windy with a few showers tomorrow, sunny periods and one or two showers. In the following couple of days, it's currently 29 degrees, humidity 68%, and the strong monsoon signal is in effect.
4: Captive green building 60% of carbon emissions in Hong Kong come from buildings and related activities let me reduce them by using green building elements adopt modular integrated construction achieve energy saving better ventilation and more greenery through green building design. add in renewable energy and more innovative green building elements join the 10th Hong Kong green
3: building